Hi everyone, welcome to Rick Alat Law. This is one of the first videos that we're doing on the show and I have with me a very distinguished individual who I have the pleasure of joining us on my first show, Mr. Christopher Townsend. Thank you, Mr. Townsend, for allowing us to come into your space and have this interview. It is indeed my pleasure. Thank you for choosing me. Thank all the people who recommended me to you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a pleasure being here and it's a pleasure being the guinea pig on your show. I don't think you have much of an issue, do you? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> but let's get into it. I want to understand who is Christopher? How is it that you decided to, well, why is it you decided to become an attorney? What are some of the characteristics that makes Chris successful? And what are some of the recommendations you have for individuals out there who want to tread a lifestyle like you or become almost like you? Okay, I remember the first question. No? You don't have to start. I'm going to, to split it up. I'm just giving an idea of where we're going. Let's okay, great, great, conversation. great. For those persons who are just joining, I don't want to lose you. We're going to get into it. Okay. All right. So who is Christopher Townsend? Where are you from? All right. So let us start with where I'm from. Um, I was born in Kingston. Um, my early childhood took me between Trenchdown, 2nd Street. That's where my dad was from. So my dad's parents lived there. And above Rocks, that's in St. Catherine Hills. Um, that's where my mom's parents are from. But in between there, we lived off um, Duncan Avenue. That's off Lindus Road. And of course, we enjoyed the, 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 the surroundings of New Haven. That is below um, near Riverton City. And then from there on, we started moving uptown. So um, my early years, um, that is where I was, and that is where I formed the, the intention of being an attorney at law. That is where I developed this, this idea that I wanted to be a lawyer. But there's a story that is told in my family that when we were, myself and my cousin, when we were very, very young, um, my grandfather made a pronouncement that I was going to be uh, a barrister or a judge. And my other cousin, we were about six months old because um, we were just a couple, a couple days apart, um, that my cousin was going to be something else. Um, I won't say here. Um, he, he turned out to be that. He died sometime after. And um, I turned out to be an attorney at law. So my grandfather's pronouncements on our lives um, came to fruition. Well, the power is so, words. Yeah, so you might say that I was born an attorney. <laughs> Some people think so. I mean, I, I can certainly say that you've dis distinguished yourself as an attorney. And so it sounds like a man of many roots, um, being from different areas. I mean, mm. certainly you'd have interfaced with a lot of people from different backgrounds with that sort of uprooting and growth yeah and um, you might say that in my early years and my life my transition i have been fortunate enough to 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 move through the different stratum in the society from the not so rich inner city to the upper echelon kings and queens so i have met the very poor and I've met the very rich 
and I speak all languages. <laughs> I'm bilingual in, in that sense. I mean, that must be an asset as an attorney um, because clientele from different backgrounds and having to, to communicate with people and develop relationships with people from different backgrounds. Yeah, man, communication, communication is key. It has assisted me greatly um, to be able to talk the language of everyone. As I said, you know, it, it certainly helps to communicate. And being an effective communicator is is what business is really about. Because you have to understand the people. You have to understand how they think. You have to understand how they reason. Right. And if it is that you can reason at all level, then certainly it makes communication easy. It makes um, getting your views across, getting your advice across, to be to be you know much easier and you have a greater effect on them i agree what is the christopher Tolson formula um i tell you the formula is really to understand people you know mm. when i first started out one of the things and i credit my dad with this he has he has left us now um customer service is key i remember I remember, and I learned this from the late R. Danny Williams. He came here once and I had quite a number of persons in my waiting area. And he, he came and I saw everybody in the order that they came. And he was about fifth or so. Now, most people would have said, boy, R. Danny Williams outside. So, you know, everyone will see him quickly and, and the other people, you know, skip the line. But I saw everybody and gave everybody their time. And he sat there and he waited. And when he came, and of course, they looked kind of odd in my, my waiting area, the only white man inside here <laughs> waiting. Um, but when he came in, he said to me that you're going to be a success. It was early in my career. You're going to be a success. Um, I noted how you treated with everyone as, as everyone was important. And the truth is, everyone is really important to your business. I remember some time ago, a gentleman came to me to represent his son. He was a farmer from Portland. And um, my secretary at the time says that this man outside to me. You know, look like he can afford me. I said, no, man, send him in. And, you know, I said to him, well, come on in, you know, and started talking. And my secretary, I sent him back outside to speak to my secretary about um, fees and all of that. And my secretary came back to me and said, you know, they tell him million dollars, but me not thinking can pay away. So, you know, I went on my merry way doing my work. The man went downstairs, come back up with $1.5 million in our bag. Them times they could have collect them money there now. $1.5 million in our bag, count it out, count out the million dollar, and said, Boy, I'm going to check some more here that got charged, so me carry more. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned very early in the day not to underestimate people, yeah. treat everybody with respect. Yes? and compassion everybody comes to you with a problem they come to you for solution give them what it is that they come for
right? And once it is that I learned that, and once it is that I began to, 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 to treat people in that way, they came in droves. And so, and they assisted me in growing my product. Wow. Certainly inspiring. Um, you know, with that sort of mindset and approach and welcoming strategy, it's a wonder why it is that you have to continue marketing yourself as an attorney because, I mean, your reputation precedes you. Mm -hmm. um, but I recognize that in recent times, you got called in Barbados and Trinidad and Tobago. Mm -hmm. I suspect it's a marketing perspective mm -hmm. or a strategy, but you can clarify that for me. Well, yes, it is. Okay. Um, one of the, the the things that is uh, one of the things that is not taught in law school is the business of law. You, mm -hmm. you you learn the practice of law, but you don't learn the business of law. Law is just like every other business. You have to market. You have to look at what it is that you're selling you have and of course brand building now with every lawyer you are a brand right your firm is a brand and you are a brand and and, and they're separate brands right and and you have to look at it that way so when it is that you go out and you're branding yourself you have to look a certain way you have to speak a certain way you, you have to wear the kind of attire that says i am the kind of person that you want to do business with. Um, whenever you walk into um, your, your place of business, it must look a particular way that, look, there is success here and I want to be a part of this success. And so building your brand is very, very important. And I made the distinction between brand building and marketing, right? Because with brand building, when you build your brand, people come to you. When you're marketing, you're going out there to, 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 to bring in. But when you build your brand, if your brand is sufficiently firm and you focus on it, the people will come in droves, right? right? And, and, and that is one of the things that a lot of lawyers do not understand, right? So brand building is extremely important. And that is what we do here at TWP. A lot of young attorneys, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, know the current climate of, of attorneys, very different. I mean, in contrast to what it used tell to you. be when you started out, um, branding is a wholly different thing than it was back then. And not to mention the fact that with with the new, with the growth and development of social media, we also have to, to, to be in the confines of our ethical codes as it relates to how it is to put ourselves out there. So my question is, what if any difference do you see no to them? Mm -hmm. Well, as you know, the, the canons, um, they were amended recently to, to kind of open up the whole um, um, marketing um, strategies that you can employ. Um, once it was only a card or so with a particular size that you're able to use to market. Now you can market by advertising, etc. But long before that um there are other ways of marketing if you do a good job right that is marketing people marketing is one of the most powerful marketing tools that you can you can you can find each one tell one yes so if you do a good job for one person yes 
you're you're talking about that will reach at least 10 to 15 persons and those 10 to 15 persons don't branch off in another um, 10 to 15 so individual marketing that is how I started to build the product and of course now with the advent of of social media um, and all of that and of course shows like yours we can create we can um, create more avenues for branding and for marketing and, and, and building your, your product. And it is utilized and I utilize it. Tell me something. What what do you think though? Because a lot of young attorneys, I'll say, have said, boy, it's it used to be much easier for attorneys back then. And mm -hmm. partially because of the saturation of the mm -hmm. field now. Uh, well, I won't say saturation, but because there are way more attorneys now than they used to be. What do you suspect are the challenges we have as young attorneys compared to, I guess, what senior attorneys? Okay. Um, I don't necessarily buy the saturation argument. Okay. Um, because being an attorney back in the day is very different from being an attorney now. There are far more avenues. There are far more areas of law that you can specialize in right so the old way of doing things when you come to a one lawyer and it's a one-stop shop no more i run a law firm where you have where we specialize so you will have the civil department they don't do criminal law you will have the 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 personal injury department they don't do they don't do criminal law you have conveyancing department they don't do civil they don't do litigation so you have many areas and in those areas like in litigation you can do different types of litigation or litigation in a particular area true right and and in personal injury you can do personal injury of a particular kind you can do medical you can do you know the the accidents the, the car accidents or you can go around and sue doctors so so you can develop um special areas of practice we never we never had that back then right there is there is um competition law there's no um um compliance with new legislations that are coming in, which which lawyers want it is that you're you're competent in that area, your knowledge, your expertise will be sought after by corporate Jamaica. So the profession is changing. What we need to do, our young lawyers need to do, they need to capitalize on these changes and stop sitting around and saying, Boy, me can't find a work. Boy, me can't do this, me can't do that. If it requires you saying to a friend, you and I, let us start something. Let us call TWP and get some guidance from some senior lawyers. Call over Duncox, call somewhere, get the senior lawyers on board and say, could I get some guidance? Could you just shadow me? Can I put you on my letterhead as a consultant so that we can consult with you? What they lack is the ingenuity. Are we back yet? Yeah. Is everybody back? Uh, yes, they look like they're back. Yes. 
what we lack really is the ingenuity and the drive for success lawyers now come out of law school and they say i am out can i be rich now please <laughs> where is the fancy car yeah oh i really have to do more work no i never planned for this but let me tell you all something as young attorneys when you come out of law school the playing field is leveled again so if you are a student yeah you can dead for hungry if you're a b student you can dead for hungry if you're a c student you can dead for hungry same way you understand yeah so therefore it requires for you to use that knowledge yes mm -hmm. that knowledge that you have gained and employ and deploy for ingenuity create something if it is that you find that whatever area you you want to get into you can't get into whatever firm you want to get into you can't get into create something use your knowledge use your mind and be creative wow so don't sit down and talk about boy you know lazy and that is what i find well you heard it from mr townsend guys um so i think wholly practical advice but those persons stuck and trying to figure out how to move um and and transition from law school into the practical world how to practically make money how to make some real money and i mean what and i think you i, I want to money. i want to i want to i want to chime, chime in a little bit on this real money thing okay real money don't come mm -hmm. until after about six or seven years so if you want real money it's not law you're dealing with you, you're going to sell something else mm -hmm. or you're going to go into some other business and that's there's nothing wrong with that right because what people buying is really your skill right, right? and you don't now gonna have no skill for sell until you have developed it right so what i recommend for young lawyers spend the time developing your skill set spend the time if it's even carrying the bag of a, of a lawyer or, or, or working somewhere where you can develop the knowledge don't look to the money yet when you are good at what you do money will flow like a river i agree i agree money will flow like a river you don't have to worry about that that will come and it needed to be said I yeah think. um so talk to me though young attorneys and i want to also go outside the realm of just addressing an audience of young attorneys i also want to address an audience of people who are opening businesses you are developing your business what are some of the attributes and and things that you believe are necessary to inculcate in the in the development of your business in the practice of your law in whatever it is that you do what well, are the attributes that well um you mean the 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 the, the business of law the business of law. Business on a whole. The well, it's the same thing applies, you know. You first of all, you have to know where are you going to shop, where are you going to shop for your clients, where's your market, all right? So I I started out in 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 criminal law, so that was where my market was. Um, then I went into conveyancing, um, so developments. That is where that's another market area. Right. So I so so you have to develop 
uh, uh, figure out where exactly is it you want your market to be, your marketplace, where you're shopping, right? Then, of course, you have to put in place the, the, the infrastructure, the back office for, for your organization. So you have to have your accounting system set up. You have to have your 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 um your your secretaries your paralegals your support staff you have to have those in place so that when it is that you go for the work and you carry the work you do have the mechanism in place to deliver right and of course at the end of the day you have to have your targets you have to have your your meetings with your staff so as to you know to 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 organize yourself in making money Money, money don't just come like that, or success don't just come like that. You have to organize yourself for it, right? So you're not going to sit down and, and, and do no work. You have to do some work. As my, um, my, my lecturer, Stephen Fraser, in Guyana, at the University of Guyana, where I attended, he said, you got to do the work. You got to do the work. You don't just happen like that. You got to do the work, right? So... There is no sit down and it falls from heaven like manna, as most young lawyers believe happens. No, you have to put the infrastructure in place, yeah. right? Because it's a business, put the infrastructure in place, as I've outlined to you, for you to be a success. So if you don't plan on being a success, then you won't be. Simple. I, agree. I remember life is binary, it's really numbers. Mm. It's really numbers. Where'd you get that one from? I just made that up. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Is it good? I feel like I've heard it somewhere. Oh, you did? Nah. But, all right. If you did, people following you. People <laughs> following you. People taking my teeth. <laughs> I kid sometimes. Mm. But, I mean, clearly, you're, you know, a lot of people have wondered these things. Mm. And it needed to be said by someone who's experienced it and has practical um, knowledge about how to 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 navigate as a as a young attorney because like you said the the fact of the matter is nobody is really guiding a lot of the the young attorneys know yeah. um stepping out of law school a lot of them um haven't been able to to locate jobs like you rightly said mm -hmm. um but they're questioning their, themselves they're trying to figure out boy what's the next step and i mean thankfully you've assisted that today by giving us some some knowledge on how to go and, about things and the truth is you know we have always prided ourselves um on counseling young counsel yeah so our doors at twp is always open um for for you to come in to talk with us um we used to we have had this 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 program where we, we, we invite young counselor in for lunch, a lunch and learn, we call it, where we serve you lunch and you sit around the table, uh, wow. 10 or 15 of you, and we sit and we chat and you share your experiences, what has been happening, and we all find solutions to the individual problems together. And, you know, I sit there, senior, another senior attorney or two other senior attorney. So we lunch with you while talking about the problems that you're having and help you to find solutions to those problems. Any other forums in the near future? Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, um, as soon it's it's by invitation. Okay. So certainly if it is that you want us to extend an invitation, we'd be more than happy to do so. All right, you hear that guys. 
So soon, I hope the invitation will be extended. Yeah, man, it certainly will be. But um, putting it out there, though, for the more senior attorneys, I don't think enough of us extend the hand to young attorneys. And that's an indictment upon us because we have a responsibility to cater to and usher in the next generation of attorneys. If it is that um, what comes in next is crap, then it's really and truly our fault. We have some responsibility to bear. Um, the young attorneys also have a responsibility because I really and truly don't like what I am seeing, but a lot of it is because they do not know what they're doing and what to do. Fair. Right? Um, so yeah, it's a task. We have a task as the senior senior members of the profession to help. Um, and in truth, in the in that that is really the the tradition of of our profession, you know, because we're brothers and sisters. So when we say my brother, my sister, that is really what it should mean. Like for example, people don't know that you ought not to call me Mr. Townsend. You're supposed to call me Chris, yeah. So you know this, and, and I've been trying to get my people here to call me Chris, but they don't. So everybody call me Sir as if I'm old. <laughs> I guess that's what you're really trying to avoid. But Pretty much. <laughs> but certainly, you got me. <laughs> I'll take up the, the the invitation, and um, certainly I think it's 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 really a thing of respect speaking for young attorneys, where we we'd address um other senior attorneys. Hmm um by the last name but certainly i think it's something that we should we should we should continue like yeah, you said yeah there's a lot of world. there's a lot of gems like for example mm -hmm. when you go to another attorney's chambers or office you're not supposed to wait enough the attorney even if the attorney is seeing a client the attorney is to ask the client to to give them some little time come and see counsel yes and then after you see counsel and counsel, you have, you have settled your business with counsel, you go back to your client. That is what should happen. So counsel never waits at another. So when you come to TWP, you never wait as a lawyer. Yes, we, we usher you into a room and counsel sees you immediately. When you call, my secretary will never speak to you to deliver any information that is to be delivered to you. you are, you're gonna speak to counsel. Right, because counsel speak to counsel, so my secretary will never tell you he's busy. Call him back. He's with a client. Call him back. That never happens. You're going to get. Could you hold a moment, please, Mr. Townsend? We'll be with you shortly, and I will stop what I'm doing and speak to counsel. And that is the kind of respect that we should have for our colleagues in the profession. And certainly, that is what you get here at TWP. Well. Um, certainly something that I think a lot of other attorneys should entertain and try and practice, you know, in their, in their firms. Um, and clearly Mr. Townsend, you're giving us that unbridled advice that we need to really understand what are the, what are the, some of the things that we really need to be doing as attorneys and how it is that we should be communicating and treating one another. Yeah, man, we have more, and man. When you're ready for more, man, just come. We have yeah. enough more. <laughs> All right. Um. Each one, teach one. Thank you. Um, I, I I think we have some persons on the on the live who are not attorneys, but they're also business individuals, and so we want to also give them a shout out. 
And Mr. Clark, Wooly Puppy, Papanda Live, man. <laughs> really? I can't tell how many from here. But um, we we want to also address our minds okay. to, to some persons outside of the, the legal profession as well. Um, because a lot of this advice applies to them. Um, talk to us about the how as business persons, business owners, you can create a successful business um, because I think the legal principles and how it is that we approach each other as attorneys might be a little different than what happens in the business world. Mm -hmm. um, so from a business point of view as well, how is it that you believe as business owners you can be successful, make real money in the business world? And what are some of the 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 things that you have to do in order to make real money in the real world in the business world because i mean i've had quite a few people reach out to me outside of the legal profession that wanted to ask that question you want to ask me that okay <laughs> <laughs> all right the business of law. first and, first and foremost you you have to if if you want to make as you call it real money right the, the 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 logical approach is that you have to go where real money is mm. right so and it sounds simple and it is simple so if it is that there is no money in a particular area then if that's where you are then you're not going to make any money real money so you really and truly have to go where real money is so for example if you're going to do um um law as it relates to 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 natural gas um energy um um petroleum um that kind of thing that is where real money is so when when you do a contract and you're going to get three percent of a four billion dollar contract mm -hmm. then that is where real money is if you're going to for example go into con into real estate and you're saying okay i'm not going to do the um the one to one and two house real estate i'm going to go after developments where i am doing two billion three billion dollar um projects then that is where real money is right so the 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 formula for making real money is that you have to be willing to deliver the service to where real money is. So you have to get into that game and you have to be able to be a, a player in that game. Right. 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 Now, how do you get there? Getting there means that you have to know how to socialize yourself into that circle. Mm. So you must have a ticket in. There must be an in. Yes. yes. And you can sit, use your ingenuity, use your mind, your God-given talent, and find a way in. Yes? So, if you want real money, you have to go where it is. So, do you believe networking has a lot to do with that? Networking has everything to do with it. Okay. When you see people up at, um, let me see that good networking place. Though. AC Hotel, for example. 
Okay. Yes, people walk around with them glass and all of that. No free commercials for AC. But a lot of connections are made there. Right? Yeah. When I when I fly down to Trinidad or Barbados and I'm being called, right? And I'm connecting with my classmates, my year group who are being called also with me. I am making connections there. So now I have a WhatsApp group with some of the most powerful people in the Caribbean. Right. Right? And we are glad to be connecting with each other. Why? Because if somebody wants something done in Jamaica, they'll call me or one of my other colleagues. If I want something done in Trinidad, Guyana, um, St. Lucia, um, I, it's one phone call away. If I want a piece of legislation and I don't know where the hell it is, I put it in the group and I said, anybody have a legislation or any recent works on in this area? Bam, it's sent to me. So networking and connecting with people is really where it's at. And you have to remember, you know, don't be afraid. Because everybody put on them pants one foot at a time. We're all human beings. We're all stuck together on this little piece of rock traveling 400 and odd thousand miles per hour so don't make it bigger than it is so when people come to me i say boy you're christopher townsend i'm like what the hell <laughs> what the hell i i put on my pants just like everybody else yeah right and so you have to connect with people if it is that you want to be in that group that plays at that level some people might say boy it's not so easy i mean once it is that you're connected with persons from as early as high school or i mean how it is that you'd have been schooled um which schools you went to will matter which uh university you went to will matter and that's how you can make the right networks some people will say boy you're lucky i mean at least you can do that but they're saying, what about people like me? Um, I didn't have those connections from the get-go. How do I get my foot in, practically speaking, where it makes sense? I mean, everybody wants a seat at the table, but somebody, I mean, everybody wants to eat. Yeah. The, 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 the true answer to that, you know, it, it, it depends on you. If it is that you wish to limit yourself by saying that I can't do it, or limit yourself by saying that's not really my area, then by all means, limit yourself. But understand that you're limiting yourself. Some time ago, about a couple of years ago, I when the when the, the, the present prime minister first took office, the first time he was prime minister, um, I stood beside him and I shook his hand and I said, you have a, a golden opportunity to be great. I hope that you use it well. Now, I'm a little boy from Trenchtown who spent time in the ghetto. I never went to a Ivy League. Neither did he come to think of it. And I'm shaking his hand and giving him advice, which I've done before for many persons, many member of parliament, ministers, etc., etc. What makes me able to do it is because I do not put restrictions in my mind, I don't put restrictions in my life. 
And I understand that people are who they are. People. The moment that you begin to elevate them above what they are, then that is, it means then that you are pushing yourself down. Now you have put a ceiling on who you are. I am Christopher Townsend. There are no ceilings. <laughs> yeah. None. I agree. So it's all about mindset. It's all about mindset and everything about your success starts right here. Okay. If you believe for a moment that you will not be successful, then you won't be. Sure. But once you can conceptualize your success, then the world is yours. I agree. But I don't want to broad brush it, but let's talk about the reality of nepotism and links mm -hmm. in Jamaica. Right. Uh, and let's also not really delve too much into it, but let's put it out, in, out there in the air. It's a thing. Nepotism in Jamaica is a thing. Links is a thing. How do you believe, and I agree, mindset is a thing, but let's talk about the fact of that reality for a second. That reality is there, you know. You can't, you can't, I mean, and everybody does it. Yeah. I mean, my son now goes to Ilel because I'm giving him greater chances okay. and greater opportunities. Okay. Yeah. My daughter went to Immaculate because um, they will not have, they will not have to, to make up the ground that perhaps I did. And, and it's no guarantee you know, that they can all come out and turn workless too. Right? So all it is really is giving them an opportunity, right? And the people who have who are in a particular grouping in society, they are giving their children um, the opportunity to 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 be quote unquote successful. Right. Because then again it depends on your definition of success in it. Right? As your definition of success is very, very important. Right. Because not because I may have a one or two dollars more than you means that I'm more more successful, successful. than you yeah. because I can have one or two dollars and I am unhappy as hell and you may live in a nice little one bedroom hut somewhere but you are happy as a lark I don't know which one of us is even more successful so it's it's your perspective on it, what is success. it is your perspective on what is success yeah. Our modern um, um, society has told us that success means when you can jump on a plane and say, George, take me to um, Ital Italy. I would like pizza. Yeah. Yeah. And, and chicks dig that. And so, yeah. <laughs> chicks dig that. And perhaps that's why um, it's we, we, it's we, we, govern, we govern ourselves by that. But, but the person who does that, can you say that they're happy? I mean... I like, for example, to go up to the country on my hike. I have a hike three times a year with my friends. Okay. Over 100 and odd people. We go into the hills of St. Catherine and we walk seven miles and we cook and we eat and we sit on palm, bamboo seat. And we, mm -hmm. That for me is great fun. That for them is great fun. And you're talking about people who are extremely wealthy, right? Mm -hmm. And they're, people who, they're walking with people who can barely pay their rent, right? But for that single moment that we're all together, we're all just regular people. And we're all enjoying the same thing that makes us all happy. 
So what exactly is that? And how do you, how do you then gauge success? Because there are different levels of success there. And there's a commonality there that says that at this time in place, we're all equal because we're happy. And it's the, it's the happiness that makes us equal, uh, not the money. Yeah. Interesting, eh? It is, it is. Wondering whether you thought of that until just now, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I mean, you know, a lot of people, I guess, lack perspective on life, and so it's important for us... Are they hearing us? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I can't see you, though. <laughs> Hopefully. Hope you're enjoying it. On this page. Okay, we're not live, so we can cut this out. We can, we're can. we going to cut that part out, yeah, right? You're yeah, good with that? I think that? so. Yeah. I think so. You, you, you should tell us, you know. You, you're the director. We're good. It's fine? Okay, great. All mm -hmm. right, wonderful. wonderful. So we're not going to go to any breaks. We're just going to... Yeah, we're just running it. Yeah, we're okay, cool. All right, so talk to me now. Where are we? We're at a place where you've discussed with us, you know, the attorney life, the business part of life. How do you separate your personal life from that because you obviously work hard i should have asked you first how long do you work i mean how late do you stay in office um ooh, it varies okay. if i have a if i have a serious case working on then we could last like for example i mean last night was it last night or night before last night we're here until about 10 and we have slept here before um, a few times where, you know, we sleep, we'll go home at four o'clock in the morning, bed, and then come back. Um, or we'll do full nights, etc. The The practice of law can be very taxing and very demanding. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't give you much um, wiggle room at all. When you are responsible for people's lives, it, it, it's, it's important work and you have to treat it as such, right? Um, whenever somebody, when you, when, whenever somebody comes to you, it's generally a problem they're coming to you for. And so it requires you to give it your all uh, because sometimes you're the last person they're coming to, right? And giving it your all means giving it the time that it requires to fulfill mm -hmm. the task. And that is what we do here. I do recall the first time we met, um, I think it was over the, the very same pieces that are in your office today. Mm. And you said to me, boy, law is, a, is almost like a jealous wife. Mm -hmm. And in that moment- I think I said jealous, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave that out. Anyways. <laughs> it's authentic. <laughs> The point is, though, it resonated with me. And I said to myself, boy, it's almost like, you know, what's happening in my life. But the truth is, it's just the profession that we do. It's a part of the, the process of realizing that when you start to try and give a little more time to your personal life, mm -hmm. you feel the pinch from yeah. the law. The because then deadlines are creeping on you. Right, so right, many things right. start to come up and you're like, oh, my gosh. How have you managed to separate the two? One, and you did ask that question. I didn't answer it. It's but the, the thing is, though, is that you have to, you have to find the time. Mm -hmm. You have to make the time. And the truth is, now that I'm older in the profession, 
it gets a little bit easier because the problems that you're solving are problems that you you already solved 15 times right. and so the formula remains the same or similar just with a little bit of tweaking right so um so i've learned how to tweak quickly so i've spent less time on 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 problem solving but you have to make the time and you have to literally grab that time out for yourself because it's never ever good to lose yourself in anything and life is really about achieving balance right and in my life i i have made every effort to to achieve the, the the balance that is required to separate my work life from my personal life um you know i remember my i have two set of kids one much older than you know the other set and you know when i was the, the, the older set they were there in the early days and you know they suffered as a result of me not necessarily being there and i'm trying my very best now to ensure that the second set of kids don't experience that you know yeah. um but now it's a little bit easier because i've done quite a bit in terms of acquiring the skill sets and so it becomes easier to just press the button and find solutions to the problems that are presented. Wow. And I mean, you seem to, to get good sleep because you don't look tired. So it seems that you're doing it well. It's an illusion, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't look like it. It's the real thing. And Yeah, I this, this smooth chocolate face on. Uh. Trust me, there's lack of sleep behind this. <laughs> Well, people, um, you've heard it from Mr. Townsend, but I want to now segue into mm -hmm. the music business. A lot of people are not aware um, until I think we spoke about it, that you are a music producer. Right. Um, you own Jenna Storm Records. Mm. Yeah. How did How I did get there? get there? <laughs> All right. Um... The genesis of that started in, in the same place where law started. Okay. Because I, I, I embraced my two passions, music and law. I've always been in love with the law. I've always been in love with music. Music was my, my go-to. Yes, and we're talking about all genre of music, classical, dancehall, reggae, calypso, everything, soca, country and western, everything, yodeling. What? Yeah. I'm sorry for all the so, yodelers. Yeah. Right. So so that was R and B, the whole thing, rapping. So I just loved music and I had set I'd set out on a path that when it is that I had conquered my first love, um, then I can embrace my second life into music. And so as I grew into law and I began to represent musicians, um, artists in the in the in 
the sphere of criminal law and um, um, entertainment law, I saw the opportunity to segue into music because being around them, you know, I went to, to studio to, you know, because you've been invited to studio sessions. Chris, come, you know, look, I remember going to um, Barry Salmon's um, studio, a rehearsal, and, you know, Barry was like, come on in, man. And to hear that man sing. In person. Man. Wow. Just sit down the man and if I wasn't myself, man, my bun a big head spliff. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, so music became for me an avenue of outlet where I could, I could express myself. Yes, my artistic expressions weren't wasn't only law but music, and so, and I remember I remember um I can't remember the name of the the engineer now. I was we were producing Abby Dallas, and he built a rhythm from scratch. And when I saw that, and we were there building the rhythm together, I'm like, no, no, no. And the cartoons were so like, give me a one drop right so. Take off the one drop. They give me, they give me the one drop. Yeah, but give me this part up. And when we finished with what we created, right? And when I listened to it, and it was original, it had our signature on it, and that was ours. Mm -hmm. That was that was the birth of a new child. Yeah. Yeah. That was going to take life. You understand? So for me, it. It was just absolutely magical, and it it kind of echoed for me the the where I want to go. And so I started Jenna Storm with my my first child, Anika, my eldest child. Um, and so we owned the label together, and I I built a studio, um, Jenna Storm Studios. I've always wanted a studio in my home, and so I built a studio in my home, and I produce my music from there wow um very inspiring again um to know that you've actually done a whole other i don't even want to call it a side job that's a whole job yeah. um on on the side of being an attorney but certainly, life is life is dynamic you know there are most of things that you can do with your life um there are 24 hours in a day but your mind is endless wow true tell me though how has being an attorney because you you practice entertainment law, you said. As yeah, you... a little bit. I dabble in it. Okay. How has being an attorney assisted the music business? Um a lot of the music business is 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 and the business of music is is primarily legal in it. It has a significant legal base to it because when you start a tune, right? Um when you do a session the the legal the legal legal ramifications start there because you have to have the splits you have to know who did what what percentage to um to allocate to who and this is contained in a legal document so before you come into my studio you walk in with the split sheets because you know that whatever work that we do there this is what it is that you're going to get from it right and and this is your contribution etc so the the and that has legal implications when you release what happens, et cetera, et cetera. When an artist comes on board, 
um, the contract, you know, is, is, is it's there. So it's a contractual relationship. The type of contract um, that you're looking at, the responsibilities between producer um, and artist is determined by the contractual relationship and what happens therefrom. And when the money comes in, the, the, it is shared pursuant to the contract. So law, um, law was understanding the law um, was an easy provider for me in terms of um, being able to maneuver that aspect of the, 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 the music world and the, the creation of music. So it did assist. But um, my my passion for music goes way beyond the the legal ramifications of it. So, man, I just sometimes I just create music and say, "Yo, go on a road. I don't care about no money. Just go on a road." Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you um, assigned or partnered with any distribution companies as a record label? Um, yeah, man. Enough, enough, man. Okay. Can I mention them now though? All right, that's fine. Mm. Um, and how important is that for artists to? No, know? man, it's 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 important. You see, you see the legal aspect of it. This mm. is what um eludes most artists. artists. Yeah, the back office work mm. of their their thing. They don't know a, a thing clue. about it. They don't yeah. have a clue. Right. All they want to go out there is jump up on stage and <laughs> do this and do that. And then when you end up broke after you spend four years at Jump Up On Stage, you wonder why. Right. And then your producer like me get rich and buy you one Benz out of the money and you swear, say, yeah. You know? Right. So, so it's funny. You, you never are... ask yourself, what the Benz are come? So if, the, if me get one Benz, so how much money did actually did it? You understand? Mm -hmm. So a lot of artists do not pay attention sufficiently to the, the back office work that goes into um, their production, that goes into their business. Mm -hmm. And if if enough pay, you know how much, you have one artist in Jamaica that I know specifically, that have millions of dollars. Well, million, well millions of Jamaican dollars, I know. Thousands of US dollars, or hundreds of thousands of US dollars, sitting out there. Having collected? You've not tapping on it yet. Oh, but it's available for It's available. Oh, okay. And it broke. All right, so now I'm confused. Uh, what? <laughs> Why it broke? Because yeah. he doesn't know how to tap in on it. He doesn't know how to collect his royalties. And that's the issue. So so I, what is going to happen yeah. now is some little bright spark where I say, all right, I'll collect your royalties for you, that's but I percentage. need 50%. <laughs> yes. That's, the, that's just the reality of and it. And that's just the reality of it. And then they find themselves... So you get 50% of things because you don't know. Yeah. So um, the other night I did a live and I was calling upon all the artists, young artists, go and learn. Stop dig out your and miggle. I mean, you can dig out your and miggle too, but at the very least, go and learn about the music. Go and learn about the trade that you're in, the, the industry that you're in. And sometimes it is easy. You spend so much time on your phone, um, Instagramming, etc. Spend some time on your phone YouTubing and seeing exactly how the music business work. Go and learn how to release a song. What does that mean? Yeah. See who, see which, which, um, which distribution house is doing well. Yes, and do the research. Mm -hmm. 
But they don't want to do that. They want to rub out their hand, me go. And what? grab mic and go in a studio. And go sing one song. And <laughs> then they don't even know what happened. I was talking to one artist on live recently where him said that him sang a hit a German and him no know. I had an artist here earlier on today where her song went to the top of the charts in the tri-state area. Oh. And she had no clue. Yeah. So, I'll, so I tell her, you know, big money with the fear, you know. Right. So yeah, a lot of artists are sitting down here. They are rich and they don't know. Well, I'm happy you highlighted the fact that there are a number of facets that they need to become acquainted with mm -hmm. as an artist and and recognizing that once it is you create that musical work, there's money out there to be made and it's important that you follow through on ensuring that you account for those monies. Um, and, and it's important. I think now that we've had a discussion about it, it's important that they know you have attorneys such as myself and you who you can come to for guidance um to, to ascertain the knowledge you need to to maneuver yourself through a lot of these legal contracts and a lot of the the engagements that people come to you with to simmer it over don't just readily just jump into a relationship with a producer without thinking and considering what are the legal ramifications so certainly happy that you touched on that my concern especially because of the lack on, uh, of knowledge of a lot of these artists mm -hmm. is this no new area of concern for them and it's the genesis of artificial intelligence and the no use of it sampling on original works of other artists and creating mm -hmm. um new musical rhythms and, and and so on and so forth what is the disadvantage of that and how do you think artists now need to think about this growing area mm -hmm. um artificial intelligence is going to be within the next five years one of the largest things ever it is going to be like when fire was invented or when fire was happened upon it is that significant or the invention of the wheel it is going to be huge because here it is that all i need is to catch your voice and then I program a computer or a computer programs itself to recreate your voice and then produce something perhaps better than you could have yourself. Question, who then owns that? That's the question. Who then owns it? Is it the 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 person with the program or who did it where does ownership lie right is it the 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 person who owns that particular ai um, um program is it you do you get a piece of it um what happens so all of that is going to become a serious question 
for lawyers to determine, for policy makers to determine. And it's not only that application, you know, the AI application is vast, right? I can, somebody now can be out there copying my voice and I am having a radio interview in the Congo and it sounds just like me on radio, right? And just like you. And then they'll be selling that as content in different parts of the world that you and I never hear of, right? What happens to individuality? And the reality too is that, do you have a claim? Because the truth is that's not you. So do you still have a claim? Can you still say, hey, you're using my voice, so therefore? Right. You understand? Yeah. So the advent of artificial intelligence is going to turn the world upside down. And some things will be good and some things will be horrible. My children are coming into a world that, boy, I really don't know what the hell's going to happen. Yeah. So if you think about the application of artificial intelligence in music, the ability to create another Bob Marley song, Bob is dead, but you can create his songs. You can have Bob singing a brand new song, brand new releases. Who owns that? Where will our music be? Will it be authentic? Will it still carry the same tone and soul that it carries? Right. Right? All of these Where would those royalties go? Yeah. So all of these issues are coming up. And, the, and, and, and I segue back to, to um, areas of law that, that lawyers need to know, start to grapple with. And artificial intelligence is one of them. Right? Because there are new policies now, studies, etc., that are being written right across the world. Because AI is ahead, is ahead of us, is ahead of the policies. Right? And now you have committees being formed in every country looking at exactly how it is that we're going Bringing to manage to, yeah. this new thing. Because it's an entirely it's, a, it's like opening up another dimension. Yeah. It's an entirely different world. And as it begins to grow and we see the different applications, right. what we in our world that we know now will become obsolete. And I think it's it's very important that we quickly get onto it because at the rate and pace that this thing is going, it's important that I think we quickly regulate it. One of the things then that we learn very quickly is that we can't touch it. Mm -hmm. It has now gone outside of our, our control. Right. You know, in the music world, an area of contention or a debate of contention, though, I'm not sure if you're following it up, is the reggaeton, reggae debacle. Mm -hmm. Whether or not reggaeton is, because now it's considered a genre, I believe, but the question is, what's your take on it? Is it that it's, 
taken. I think there's a there's a suit in 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 trend now in trade, um, where we they're basically going after um, reggaeton and whether it's a a whole appropriation of of reggae mm -hmm. and and you know copyright issues are now in in play. Um, what's your take on whether or not reggaeton is reggae? Yeah, and if it is that it's they've stolen the genre of reggae. Well, my 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 question is, I don't understand the confusion. If you're gonna call the damn thing reggaeton, then the reggae come from. Mm -hmm. So they themselves have confirmed that it comes from us. Where's the argument? So then the question is, should there be some sort of compensation then for artists who would have created these reggae beats and these no um reggaeton artists sampling beats from you know reggae tones or reggae but it, songs it doesn't in, it doesn't make songs yeah but, but even if you sample it in something else mm -hmm. you'd still be liable to pay you still right. have an obligation if you're going to use somebody else's property exactly right so i, I don't see what the issue is well i mean as far as i understand life is simpler as we make it complex <laughs> If you name the thing reggaeton, where it come from? Reggae. You add the you add the ton to it, so yeah. fine, it's reggaeton. And I think what's happening though is that people are actually not being paid. So what's been happening? It's it's been happening. Well, separation that... has been happening, mm -hmm. and and nobody is being paid the sums that they're entitled to. Or that is the debate, I think. Well, that 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 may that may that may be a contractual issue. Um, that may be also an, an, an area that the law needs to address. But as it relates to whether or not reggaeton comes from reggae, I don't know if you need to argue that. Right. Whether or not rights are, um, are given to those who have created beats, the, the industry is clear on that. So uh, unless there is something more intricate, I don't see what the argument is really about. You see, people create arguments and and over things to to obscure the truth, right? Um, and sometimes the truth is very very clear. But if it is that you don't want to do something, you'll find ways and means of obscuring it. Yeah. Yeah. What was the second question that you wanted me to tackle? Um, artists in the nineties. Oh yes, very important. Uh, so right, 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 right. So what you can say, I mean, earlier you had mentioned that you know artists need to get into um and know their rights and and know that there are certain contractual obligations of producers or certain legal obligations that they have to ensure that they're getting their royalties or you know mm -hmm. whatever the split sheet says. But the fact of the matter is a lot of artists from back in the day didn't have that those those opportunities to learn um where music was made and and everybody in the studio but what was lacking is pen to paper or what was not lacking was a drink over the music mm -hmm. but people were not afforded opportunities of having a contract presented to them or even if they did they weren't advised they were just told right sign off on this thing mm -hmm. and then by signing off on those agreements from back in the day 
they basically enslave themselves to a contract which says they're not entitled to anything or the any royalties that they would have received or any advances that they would have received. Right. That was the end of it. But they didn't realize the legal implications right. of signing off on something like that because the knowledge, the awareness wasn't there. What is your take on that? And is there any way from your perspective uh, how that can be corrected? Well, corrected for who though? Yeah. Because the living truth is, you know, For when it happens, is yeah. when it is when it is that you 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 go to make a decision, right? You are going to to stand or fall on that decision, you know. So if I make a decision to do foolishness, I've done foolishness. Lawyers were there back in those days. You could have taken the contract to a lawyer and said, look, tell me what this is, tell me what that is. If it is that you chose to sign a contract under your spliff because somebody says, hey, sign this, then that's a bad decision that you have made. And bad decisions have consequences, right? Um, the person who gave you the contract to sign, yes, he is benefiting from it because of his superior knowledge, which is the cut and thrust of societies everywhere. It's not only in the music business, it's everywhere. If it is that you don't know what you have and you sign it away, that's so. If somebody finds something upon a piece of land, and I say, you know, we find like a piece of gold or so, mm -hmm. and we say, the person says, well, all right, the other, the other person don't know about that. So I got to buy that land for $15 million, $5 million, $15 million. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and you buy the piece of land. You get where you bingo, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know who it is. Um, Benefiting. Well, we know who benefits, okay. right? But you also are going to lose out from your bad decision. But nobody goaded you into making a bad decision. They had the opportunities. If they did, then you have a legal recourse. Because if it is that they were unfair bargaining um, strength, there is a legal recourse. If it is that you are not afforded the opportunity after expressing your, that you wish to have, you know, um, legal legal advice, and you sign it without legal advice after being prompted and goaded, then yes, you have those 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 avenues right. to assist you. But don't the, the 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 balance approach is that if you make a bad deal. You have to live by it. Right? Yeah, you have to suffer the consequences. Somebody made a good deal. So you can't punish the person who made the good deal. Mm -hmm. Right? Because the other person made a bad deal. Right? That's unfair to them too. And that's why I ask you, who do you think it's fair to? Right. And so key point from this is ensure that you have it reviewed in the first place so you don't have to end up, you know, giving a price which you Ultimately, they didn't have to. Get yeah, man. People, look, you know. lawyers have to make money. Go to your lawyer. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to go to a lawyer because nobody wants to pay, pay, pay the lawyer the money to review a contract. And then when you sign the contract, you lose more money. Way more. Way more money than if you did if you had paid the lawyer the little chump change that, um, that they ask you in the <laughs> first place. I see people do it all the while. People go and buy land and... They don't know anything about land because boy, I'm mean, not paying up land away for money. So, I'm going to give them the money. And what they buy is an idea. 
Because the man who sell it to them don't own the land. Yeah. And then buy an idea and then give them money. Yeah. So you have a lot of that um, that happens. And so I know it's not as simple as that because yeah. people people have um, lifetime works that they have signed away. And your conscience says, your judicial conscience says that no, they should get something from it. But that's another issue. The cut and thrust of business is that you've made a deal. And what you get from the deal is what you signed on for. And what I get from the deal is what I signed on for. Right. Yes. Capitalism is alive. <laughs> it's the reality. And so, guys, it's important that you review those contracts, get an attorney involved, get an attorney involved, and have a conversation about what your the other person's legal obligations are and what are your rights flowing from um, the creation of, of the works or, or entering into any agreement that you do. Um, so, Mr. Toten, Chris, gosh, getting used to that. <laughs> Talk to us about, well, I should ask you, you also practice conveyancing. I know that TWP, you, you guys have real estate development uh, ventures and mm -hmm. we see you sign all over the place. So do you practice that as well? Yeah, man, we have a we have a serious conveyancing department. Um, we have four or five lawyers over there, um, ready and willing to take on a development everywhere. That's a commercial. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, some time ago, we had decided to when we decided to start a, a law firm, and we looked at the various areas of law. And we said conveyancing would be a good area to get into because of all of the new buildings, etc. There was a there was a construction boom that was happening at the time, and we started that division, um, and it is one of our more successful divisions in the firm. Um, and the construction boom still goes on, but now what we decided, um, my daughter joined me. Um, in that part of the firm. Well, she joined us in the firm and she is a major player in, in that section, that section of wow. business. And she decided that what she's going to do is to develop the company's brand in that area of law. And so you will see our brand on the, the construction um, projects that are going up. And, and that's why I said branding becomes very, very important because now what happens is that developers are coming to us now to say, hey guys, I see your brand. I see you guys working um, with XY. Can we join your, your, your firm? Can you represent us? Um, and because we, we like what you do and we like what you deliver, right? So yeah. when they come, you you build you 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 help them to build out their success. So what we are selling here is really success, right? Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, one of the ways of achieving success is to align yourself with successful people, right? So you know we are aligning ourselves with successful brands, and successful brands are align aligning themselves with us. So that kind of symbiotic approach you know helps us to to grow and help them to grow so if you you help your clients to grow 
it must inure to your benefit and it must help you to grow and become a part of your growth strategy. How important is it to invest in real estate? I think outside of the successful persons who have already started and you partnered with them, uh, by virtue of your branding, um, I can tell. How important is it, is it sorry, now, for it, you to? Investing in real estate is, and is, why? is very, very important. Because God now met no more land in them. No more land in the boat. I had a piece of rock this. And, you know, when you own piece of the rock is a good feeling. And it is generally seen across the, the entire face of the earth as one of the safest investments to have. And that has not changed. Um, there are times when investment, when real estate crashes, etc. But it comes back up. And it comes back up because no more in a day. And so I, I try and in, in, invite my young friends to try and own a piece of real estate every year mm -hmm. and see how best you can invest. And speaking of, now that we're in the, the real estate aspect of things, what's your take on Airbnbs and renting and what, well, let's take it from there, and then I'll ask the next question. What My take on Airbnb? Yeah. Um, Versus renting a property. Um, well, what are the advantages and disadvantages? It's, or it's what still rent. Um, renting a property long term. Yes. You, you, and I, and I have done both. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've, I prefer short term rentals. One you maximize your income and you lower the wear and tear on your property. Right. Right. That's a, that's a, one of the, th one of the things, but renting long-term, you have less maintenance in terms of, you know, the maintaining the property, um, having people going to clean to, to, you know, um, to ensure that this is done for the next thing. So for somebody like me who, you know, it's not my business to do. Um, it can be taxing. But certainly, in terms of monetary terms, the Airbnb approach is more rewarding. But the, the rental is more of a steady, steady income, steady issues. You don't get as much, but you get a steady flow. We're a bit early on this as attorneys, uh, where now we see conversations being had as it relates to regulating the, the Airbnbs. What direction? I mean, things haven't been finalized, but what direction do you think, if it's going to be regulated, mm -hmm. um, the government should take or the policymakers should take um, where it is Airbnbs are concerned? Seeing that you, you have the experience of that. Um, I don't know what they're going to regulate. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is really um, a private business. I don't see them regulating other businesses. I don't see them regulating stores and all of that. No. <laughs> Airbnbs is, is really a business. I, I don't see the purpose of of regulating it. People, people, it's 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 your property, and although there are certain prom parameters in which um, you can you can act in relation to your property, but certainly um, seeking to regulate Airbnbs, um, it, it might be a bit of micromanaging something that is already managed. What is really the complaint? 
um, that why you need to regulate it. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, part of the debate that a lot of persons are having now. Um, Airbnb owners, um, operators, saying, I mean, what more can be regulated from the process that's already, you know. And the question is, much more you have to take out of me now for you regulate my team. Right. I mean, so I've got to pay you for regulate me. I mean, naturally, I mean, if it is yeah, you going to regulations that yeah, you're going to carry coffee, right? Because somebody have to pay the licensing fees. Yeah. I mean, I think that is part of the concern that yeah, a lot of people. It's sometimes have. a way of tapping into an era where they believe that money is being made and the money is not being sufficiently captured yes. for it to benefit yeah. the, the 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 authorities. So regulate the hell out of it. Um, I think we're we're almost there. Um, the last set of questions I really had for you were in relation to, um, money management and investment. Mm-hmm. Um, how important is it to invest, and what are two tips you can give us if you're limited to two, um, critical ones that you consider to be important once uh you know, when you're managing your money. Sorry. Okay. Um, first and foremost, when you're investing, yes, don't be afraid to take chances, right? especially when you're young, right? Um, you can, you have the time to make it back if you lose it. Don't be afraid. Definitely don't be afraid. Take risk, take hard risk, heavy risk, because real money don't come from mediocre risk or low risk. There's no such thing as low-risk investment giving you high returns. I don't know of it, right? It's high-risk investment that gives you high returns. So take the high-risk investments when you're young. Spend other people's money. Not, sorry, not, I shouldn't tell lawyers that because they're them, them creating a problem with that. Meaning <laughs> that it is always better to borrow to, to, to do what you're doing, to invest, and then give back the bank money. Your money sitting in a bank is a waste of your time. Right? It's a waste of your time, waste of your energy. Your money should be out working for you. While you're asleep, your money should be working. Right? <clears throat> we used to have a very good stock market, best in the world. Not so wonderful right now, but it's coming back up. Right? So look at those kind of investments. Look at real estate investment, flipping homes, that kind of thing. Um, look at starting a business, different income stream. You know, when you go to, you know, like when when you go to China and you look at what it is that they produce there and you look at what kind of applications you can have here for that, for what it is that they produce there, it is a whole new world. And so when somebody here don't have said them what I mean I don't know what to do. That's because you're not opening their eyes. You're not opening your eyes. Yeah. Open your eyes and look to see what is there. What people are doing elsewhere. And that is why it's important to travel, to widen your perspective on things, widen your perspective on life. Right? When you travel and you see what other people are doing, and it's about this would do well in Jamaica. And you go back and you try it. And you take off before you know it, you turn billionaire as a result. All because of an idea. And so 
your 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 investments, your investment opportunities really takes place in your mind, you know. Yeah. Right? Once it is that you have the idea, once it is that you're willing to go and search for the opportunities, the opportunities will come. And that is what I have done. I've searched for opportunities mm -hmm. and came. I see. And, and your two tips on money management. Um, my recommendation is to do something, have something that has a constant inflow of money. Okay. And my other recommendation is that you want to constrict the outflow of money. Right? Don't spend your money on foolishness. Yeah. Frugal living. Yeah. Don't spend your money on foolishness. Yeah. It's not all the time you need to wear that designer stuff and that designer this and that designer that. Right. Use your money to to generate more money. Use your money to generate wealth. Don't spend your money on things. I mean, it is important to look good. Yeah. But don't spend all of your money on these things. It's a waste. You don't see billionaires spending their money on these things. Billionaires spending the money making more money. Yeah. yeah. Don't be afraid also to join with other people in the process of making money. And this is what I find young people don't do. Get together. Pool your resources. Yes? And make money. A bank will easily lend a group of persons who know what they're doing with different skill sets than lend one person. Mm. Yeah. Didn't think of that one. That's certainly new. Yeah. Yeah. What may I lend you one person money for? Next thing you know, you're going to drop down dead for me and I'm going to have nobody to go to get money. Yeah. I'm lend three or four on the money. Then I have a greater chance. Yeah, when it is that you, um, when it is that you spread the risk, right? Then it's better for you, and then the, the you use that to generate income, and then when you go back to market, you reinvest, you generate more, and you build. So it's easier for for more than one of it just come together and build. Yeah, and those are the that's what I recommend for young people. This. This thing that where you feel that you want to beat your chest and go it alone, it's a waste of your time. Yeah. You can go much faster as a group than an individual. Strength in numbers, I agree. Definitely. And you get more ideas that way. and you don't feel alone. Feeding off of each other. Yeah, feeding off of each other. I agree. The group dynamic is always better. I think I'm we're all for them advice. Cannot law. The experience is the payment. Okay. <laughs> but I think we're almost at that place. Um, the final question, and I think this is how I, I intend for, I mean, all guests to really leave us with a parting statement on what a lot of us think about um, and would love to go back in time to say to ourselves. What would you tell your younger self? Um, to either do or not do? That easy, you know. Okay. <laughs> I thought this would have been a harder question. No, it's, it's okay. It's easy. I would lead a healthier lifestyle. Okay. Because the truth is, without health, none of this really matters. 
right? If you're not healthy, none of this. This is just none. Because you can't enjoy success and wealth without being healthy. So I would go for more walks. I would exercise more. And I won't eat all some of the garbage that I used to eat before. <laughs> so my recommendation to you is to remain healthy. Don't 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 stress yourself over things. Your life will happen. You will give it direction and it will happen. Don't stress yourself over things. Yeah? Take your time. Be gentle with yourself and love yourself more than you love anybody else in the world, including your pick of them. Because if you don't take care of you, you can't take care of anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my parting advice. Wow, that was a major one. And certainly one that I don't think it's going to be hard to beat that for the next guest on the show. Thank you so much, Mr. Christopher Townsend, for having us and showing us and sharing with us all the inspiring words, giving us the advice and the guidance that we really needed to navigate life as it is. Um, whether we're young, we're old, a middle age, I think all of us have felt some connection resonated with us the entire way i'm so happy i feel as though this is not just an experience for the show but certainly i feel so blessed having sat here gotten this knowledge big from talk big talk in this particular setting um right. i don't i don't think anybody else could have said to me boy this would have happened and so i'm grateful thank yeah, you man. thank you for having me and I'm, I'm glad that i was able to to assist and to to touch you know, and to connect. So it was my pleasure being here. I hope your audience um, will enjoy the show. I hope that it is going to, well, it is going to be a success once you make it so. So <laughs> yeah, big up to your next guest. Yes. All right. Thank, Thank you, you guys.